grab your Bibles and turn with me to the book of Judges, to the book of Judges. Judges chapter 1 is where we're going to be today. Judges chapter 1. And <clears throat> as, as we're moving into this, uh, we're in this series entitled Never the Same, Never the Same, and um, something hit last Sunday with where, how many of you were here last Sunday? Peter, James, and John, okay. Uh, those of you, I encourage you to go back and check out the, uh, the video if you weren't a part of it. Something really hit last Sunday. Um, supernatural things began to manifest and take place. It was, it was a powerful time. At the end of the second service, I got a note from one of the ladies in our church, from one of our armor bearers, came up and handed me a note. Said, And it basically said, I wasn't sure what church I was going to today, and even if I was going to church because I've just been dealing with severe knee pain. And I came in, this precious lady sitting on the second row right up there up against the wall. She said, but by the end of worship, I have no pain in my knee. Somebody praise God for that. Amen. We, uh, we got testimonies of, of one particular young lady who, who has been diagnosed with a tumor in her eye. And the doctors were doing tests to find out whether the tumor was cancerous and if it was going to make her blind or whatever. Went back to the doctor, got the report from the doctor. Here's what the doctor said. Well, I'm not going to say you're healed, but based upon the new MRI scan, the scan that we just did, we, we don't see the tumor anymore. So she said, if you don't see it, does it mean it's not there? Well, we're not going to say it's not there. We're just going to say we can't see it anymore. Well, we, y'all you, you, hear what I'm saying? God is so good. Amen. Amen. Something hit again last Sunday about where's the fire and the power of God just came in. I, I want to I wanna, I wanna live in that vein. I, I told you in that conversation that I had with the Lord all last week as we were walking along the beach in my walk with the Lord. He asked me this question, will Judah go first? Will Judah go first? Will Judah go first? I, I'm pretty sure we answered that question last Sunday. Yes, we have an, an, an initiative and an endeavor and a desire to be the ones that are willing to go first. As I was spending time with the Lord, he, <clears throat> he said to me this week, he said, since you're willing to go first, now tell them what going first looks like. So I'm taking you to the book of Judges, Judges chapter number one, and I want to read a couple passages of text here today. It says in Judges chapter one, now after the death of Joshua, it came to pass that the children of Israel asked the Lord, saying, who shall be first to go up for us against the Canaanites to fight against them? The Canaanites were in, they were living in a land that belonged to the people of Israel. And I want to know who are you going to allow to go up first so that we can take possession of the promised land that God has aligned for us through Moses and now through Joshua who are both deceased, but we still have unclaimed promises, unclaimed territories. And the Lord said to him, Judah shall go up. Indeed, I have delivered the land into Judah's hand. The land belongs to Judah's hand. And so Judah said to Simeon, his brother, come up with me to my allotted territory that we may fight against the Canaanites. And I will likewise go with you. Simeon, if you go with me to get my promise, Simeon, I'll go with you to pick up yours. 
the allotted territory. And so Simeon went with him, verse 4. And then Judah went up, and the Lord delivered the Canaanites and the Perizzites into their hand, and they killed 10,000 men at Bezek. Uh -huh. And Adoni Bezek fled, and they pursued him and caught him and cut off his thumbs and his big toes. Uh, look at verse number eight. And now the children of Judah fought against, uh, fought against Jerusalem. And watch this. They took Jerusalem. They struck Jerusalem with the edge of the sword. And they set the city of Jerusalem on fire. I want to preach to you on this subject. Judah goes first. Judah goes first. Father, we thank you today for the kind of anointing that destroys yokes and removes burdens. We thank you, Lord, that you've exalted two things above all things, your name and your word. We've lifted your name and your blood throughout our worship today. Now we display your word before you and your people. God, do not let this word return void, but accomplish that in which you are sending it to do. We say, Lord, yes, we are Judah, and yes, we have Judah in our mouth, and we will go first. We thank you for it now in Jesus name somebody give God the praise of the morning <clears throat> I, I think because something tangible is happening that it is very important that you and I continue this process this thought of living in the never the same season that God has for us watch this the Bible tells us that all power belongs to God that all power belongs to Jesus watch this he has all power but it is the responsibility of the believer to ask for and exercise that power that he has distributed to us yes we know that God can do anything yes that we know he has the power to do anything but what God is wanting you and I to do is ask for that same power that raised him from the dead to be activated and alive and be able to be exercised in and through our life we ask the question over and over again God did will Judah go first will Judah go first well we find here in the text in Judges chapter 1 verse number 1 that there was a transitional season that was taking place they have now moved from the regime of Joshua's leadership where when they wanted to hear from God they would just run to Joshua the son of Nun if they wanted to know what God wanted to do they would run to Joshua if they wanted to know what battle would they were gonna fight or not gonna fight they would run to Joshua they would run to Joshua to find out because they could count on the fact that God would speak to Joshua but now Joshua is dead there is a vacancy of leadership there is a vacancy of God-given authority into one man and the people of God had a decision to make are we going to decide for ourselves what you have for us or are we going to go to the one that Moses went to are we going to go to the ones that Joshua went to and find out from the same God because if God loved Moses enough to talk to Moses and God loved Joshua enough to talk to Joshua then God might love me enough to talk to me listen if God loved your mama enough to talk to your mama if God loved your grandma enough to talk to your grandma then he must also love you enough to be able to speak to you and there are seasons in our life where we start to stop running to people to talk to God and we got to talk to God for ourselves we got to find out the Bible says Jesus said for my sheep know my voice and the voice of a stranger they will not follow the question is who are you following today do you know the difference between the enemy talking and the Holy Spirit talking or are you just thinking about it for yourself see there has to come a time where you and I have to make a decision I don't care what it looks like I don't care
care what it sounds like. Lord, tell me what you want me to do. Tell me, do you want me to fight this battle? Tell me, do you want me to go through this situation? Tell me, do you want me to attain the thing that you have for me? See, there has to come a point in our life where we got to stop asking everybody else what they think we should do and hear the Holy Ghost for what he would have us do in our life. The men they ran to for the answers from God is no longer there, so they have to figure out how to run to God for themselves. See, sometimes God will allow you to go through loss just to clear out the wax in your ears. And they went to God and they said, God, if this is the fight you want me to fight, who goes first? See, Here's what I love about God, is if you're willing to ask specific questions, he's willing to give specific answers. God is a God who likes specifics. Lord, I just want you to show me what to do. Well, do you want me to show you what to do what? When you eat? Do you want me to show you what to do? Or do you want me to show you what to do as it relates to this situation? If you want specific answers, we have to begin to pray specific prayers. And he says to them, he says, Lord, who will go up to fight against the Canaanites? Who's going to, listen, we're all going. The question is, who do you want to go first? And God comes back down in verse 2 and he says to them, I want Judah. I want Judah to go first. Now listen, Judah is the one that should go first towards promise. You should not wait till you get to promise for Judah to show up. Judah has to show up in order to get to the place where promise is even a possibility. Many of us wait to praise him after it's done. But the power of testimony is when God said it, you praise him like it already happened. It's the power of praise. When you've decided, you know what, I don't care what it looks like, I hadn't even thrown the first punch yet, but I'm going to go ahead and praise him right now for thanks be unto God who has given us the victory. Listen, I hadn't swung the first sword yet. I hadn't shot the first arrow yet, but because God said that we're going to walk in victory, I have to believe I'm going to walk in victory. That doesn't mean I'm not going to walk through a battle. That doesn't mean that I'm not going to face situations. That doesn't mean that I'm not going to even carry some bruises, some scars, or have momentary bleeding that take place. But the one thing I do know is although I may get shot, it will not destroy me. I'm pressed. I'm not crushed. I'm personally Persecuted, I'm not abandoned. I'm shut down, but I am not destroyed because God has said victory is assured for me. Therefore, he wants my praise like it's already done. I've given. I have, look at what he says. I've delivered this victory into your hand. Victory is in your hand. Victory is not in your mind. Victory is not in your mouth. But if you're ever going to grab hold of victory, it's because the Lord is going to deliver it there. But you're going to have to be in the room of deliverance. Okay. Let me get so Judah comes in and he talks to his brother Simeon. It's very interesting because Simeon and Judah are blood brothers. They were both sons of Leah. Okay, this is not like Rachel's son and they were like stepkids. They were directly in blood covenant with one another. They were directly aligned. Judah and Simeon are both in alignment with each other. They came from the same blood. Okay, Judah means, come on, y'all preach with me now. Judah means, 
Come on, you know where you are today. Judah means, Simeon, watch this, Simeon means hearing. There is a power with what I'm praising God for and what I'm hearing God say. There's a power when they come into agreement with one another. And Judah says, listen, I can't go in here and fight this battle with my praise by itself. I got to make sure that my hearing is in alignment with what it is. Watch this. Because all of the promises of Simeon sit inside the borders of promises of Judah. Let me say that again. All of the promises that have been allotted to Simeon has been put on the inside of the borders of Judah. In other words, there are promises that belong to Judah, but there are also promises that belong to Simeon. But Simeon's promises sit inside the borders of Judah's. Let me say it to you another way. There are promises that will be attained through praise that will not be attained any other way. But there are some promises that have been allotted to what you're hearing, to what you're hearing. There are promises, but all of those promises from the hearing praise allotment that's been given to you, it sits inside of your praise at the same time. You don't get to hear something and receive something without praise being a part of the equation. Uh, so they went down. Watch this. The first one they went to, Judah went up to the highlands, the Judean hills, the Judean highlands. Watch this. Because the enemy of Judah was trying to get set up in high places. So the first thing that they attacked was the enemy that had set up camp in high places. And after they won the victory of the ones that were trying to get higher than them, they went down to the coastal plains. This is about verse 9 through 17. And they begin to tear down the strongholds of the low places. See, most of us want to go low before we go high. But most often, if you tear down the high thing, the low thing will take care of itself as well. Mm. Hear me. There is a promise that is allotted to your praise. This is why it's so hard to praise him in hard times. When we're going through something, it is amazing to me how hard it is to get a praise conjured up out of our belly. Because we're so focused on what we're going through, we never pay attention to what we're going to. So it's hard for us to get focused. But hear me today. There is a, a promise that has been allotted to your praise. If you're willing to praise first, you can be assured that promise is coming next. Because there are promises that have been allotted to your praise. But hear me, there's also promises that have been allotted to your hearing. Who you allow to have your ears is very important to what it is that you're going to receive by way of promise. Who is it that you're giving your ear to is a great determination on what you're going to receive inside the borders of your praise. Isn't it amazing that you can walk by people and you be in a great mood, but the moment they start chirping, all of a sudden you start getting mad and you start getting down and you start getting frustrated. And here you were in a good mood till sister so-and-so showed up. And now you're like, oh, I don't even feel that. I feel like, oh, I feel like, I feel, oh, I feel like Eeyore. Hello. How are you today? And you, you were like, oh, you are Winnie the Pooh and Piglet and Tigger, and you're doing all this kind of stuff. But by the end of it, you feel like Eeyore. You don't even know what's going on. And you feel depressed. All of a sudden, their spirit, what's what, what here? The reason it happened is because they got access to your hear. Listen, you may be talking, but that don't mean I'm hearing you. You don't hear what I'm saying. You may be chirping, but that doesn't mean I'm listening. I'm not allowing you to have access because I don't have time to let somebody talk me out of what God has already declared is mine. 
if you're not careful, you'll start believing what they say versus what he said. So then, I've delivered Canaanites into your hands. There is a territory. And Judah and Simeon come into alignment with each other. They come into alignment. They come into allegiance with one another. Listen, it is so important what you give your ear to when you're taking territory. When you're in the midst of taking territory, don't give your ear to anybody contrary to that territory that God has promised for you. It's, it's so important because watch this. Well-meaning but highly dysfunctional people will tell you every reason you can't achieve it. Meanwhile, God said you can do all things through me. Through me, if I'll give you the strength, I'll give you the strength to be able to achieve it. Watch this. He's not going to just hand you the victory, but he's going to lay the deliverance right before you. So Judah goes up. Huh. True praise will raise the situation. True praise will raise the situation. This is why we start with praise every single service. Because watch this, praise is where you're going to decide, is today about you? Or is it about what God has for you? It's, it, am, am I just going to go through the motions today? Or am I going to give him the praise, watch this, not the praise I feel like, but the praise he's worthy of? Because there's days I feel like nothing more than pocket praising. There are days when showing up should be good enough. The problem is I haven't got the fullness of my promise yet. That's why, that's why I can't sit here on my blessed assurance and, and say, Lord, what you did, I gave you enough praise last week. It ought to be good enough for this week. Now, I don't have a problem this week, so I guess I'll praise you real good. Listen, it is when you're dealing with conflict that you should be the one praising the most. It's when, it's when the enemy is in your ear chirping at you, talking about how you're never going to do this and you're never going to be. Listen, that's the time when you ought to grab the flags. You ought to say, move, Felicia, move, Felicia. I'm going to get out, and I'm going to throw myself a party because I know that the enemy is fighting me on the level of what God is bringing to me. He has already got an indicator, and I'm not going to sit here and act like he ain't never done nothing for me because watch this, praise is the place where you will confront your pride. Praise is the place where you will confront your pride. Have you been saved so long? Have you been delivered so long? Have you been healed so long? Have you been washed by the blood so long that the blood never moves you? No, the devil is a lie. If it had not have been for the Lord on my side, oh, the blood of Jesus, it just washes me. It cleanses me. It does something to me because I know the reason I'm still here is because there's still more territory for me to take, and I will not be satisfied with what he did last week. I want more and more because this is why he's left me here. Judah went up. Judah went up. Praise went up. Praise went up. I, I don't need Vince to put the choker on. 
Come on. I don't need him to pump and prime. I don't need him to go through all that. All you got to do is tell me that there's fire going to fall today. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Listen, I had a praise on the inside of me at 6 o'clock when I showed up this morning. I had a praise coming in my belly. I was listening to worship all the way here from leaving my house this morning before 6 a.m. Why? Because I knew that if we were ever going to see something be released by way of promise in this house, somebody's going to have to bless the Lord. Somebody's going to have to praise his holy name. And I don't know. Hear me today. I'm not here just talking about you, but I'm here saying, God, there's a promise for me. There's a destiny on me. There's something that you have for me today, and I'm not going to miss what it is you're trying to do. Hear me today. There's a reason why I don't just walk in at the sermon time. I'm standing on that back wall because I don't want you looking at me because I got to praise him. He's got to get glory from Glenn, not just the pastor. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying today. I've decided that before I do anything, I'm going to bless the Lord, all my soul, and all that is within me. I'm going to bless his holy name. I'm going to bless the Lord and forget not all his benefits. I'm going to praise him because he is worthy of my praise. I wish we could just take a praise break. One, two, three. Somebody give God praise in the place today. He's worthy. He's worthy. Even when I'm wounded, he's worthy. Even when I'm hurting, he's worthy. Even when I'm going through a hard time, he's worthy. And I came to bless his name. So they went up. Praise went up. His hearing went up. This is why we preach the Word of God around here. Because I need to make sure you're hearing the right thing. I, I don't want you to hear my book. I don't want you to hear my philosophy. I don't want you to hear what I think you should do about your situation. The devil is alive. I'm here today to tell you that the word of the Lord is infallible. It is immutable. Heaven and earth is going to pass away, but it is the word of the Lord. You can have your bubblegum Christianity if you want to. You can sit in your bubble bath soaking of spirituality if you want to. But I came with fire in my belly. Lord, one thing have I desired, and that one thing I know, I need you. Like the air I breathe, I need you, oh God, to show up in my life. Give me a word. Give me a word and I'll walk on the water in spite of the storm. Give me a word. Give me a word and I'll come out of a tomb. Give me a word. Just give me a word. That's all I need. All I need is just say, go, God. Good God, have mercy. I just need to hear from you today. So they came up. Watch this. And the Lord delivered. Oh, I'm about to get in trouble. The Lord delivered. This is not 30-minute Domino's pizza, the, but the Lord delivered. You don't get to set the timer and get something free because the steps of a good man are, and the Lord delivers. I'm here today to tell you that delay is not denial. The Lord delivers. He makes good on his promises. He makes good on his promises. He delivers. Well, you didn't give me what I wanted. Well, it's probably because it's not what you needed. Well, you didn't bring it in enough time. Well, whose clock are you watching? Okay. So he delivers, number one, he delivers them from the hand of the Canaanites. This word here means peddler. They got delivered. Oh. They got delivered 
from the, the consumer exchanging of goods philosophy. Praise delivered them from consumerism. Oh, I'm going to hit this hard at 11.30. It delivered them from a consumerism mindset. That as long as you do what I want you to do, you'll still get my tithes. As, as, as long as you have the right program for my kids, I'll show up on Wednesday night. That, that as long as you do this or you don't do this, or, or when it's my turn, I'll be here. But when it's not my turn, can I really mess with this? This is what I love about this band and this worship team that we are now contending with in this generation of Judah Church is we're no longer having to compensate people who are here just for the gig. But they're here for the glory. You didn't hear what I said. They're, they're not here for the gig. And as long as you pay me, I'll show up. You didn't hear what I said. See, I had a conversation with a couple pastors just over the last couple of weeks, and they're telling me, they said, they said, we can't get musicians to come here around here unless we pay them. And listen, if you have to pay to be in the presence of the Lord, you're going to pay in the presence of the Lord. Okay. So he delivered them from consumerism. If we've ever seen this in the Church of America, we've seen it now. As long, listen, now we have to compete as a movie theater. We have to compete as if it's carowinds. We have to compete as if it is an NFL football playoff game. We have to compete as if it's rivalry week. Come on, y'all. It got quiet in here now. Come on. We have to compete as if any of those people. Here's what, oh, here's what I said to my, fam my family yesterday. I said, isn't it amazing that all of this cheering, all of this jeering, all of this complaining, all of this fussing, all of this stuff that's going on, all the, the winners and the losers that made manifestation yesterday, whether you won or whether you didn't win, and all the whining and all the complaining and all the overindulgence is celebrated because you finally got a victory. Bless the name of the Lord. And I don't know what's going to take for the Gamecocks. Hallelujah. But somehow, some way, y'all going to get delivered from the Tiger in Jesus name yeah all this complaining same thing with us Tar Heels with the NC State Wolfpack all, all this one an amazingly thing the amazing thing that happened is you woke up today and it didn't affect anything in one way or the other Yet there is a God who can bring you deliverance. There is a God that can bring you healing. There's a God that can bring you breakthrough, that can change everything about your life. And you'll shout at a TV at a bunch of players that can't even hear you. And here's God in God's house. And you... God, deliver us from peddling. Not only the peddlers, not only the consumers, but number two, the parasites. This word, the, the parasites, watch this, it means literally belonging to a village. The desire to constantly fit in. God delivered them through praise <coughs> from the desire to always want to just fit in. <clears throat> so we run around pretending because we're trying to fit in. We run around acting in one way because we're just trying to fit in. Hear me today. I've lived long enough now. I'd rather you hate me for who I am than love me for who I pretend to be. I would rather you hate me for who I really am than run around trying to love me for who I am. Because then I've got to remember who I was around you. 
I'd rather be me and you can take me. You don't like me. You don't, you know, if I'm not serious enough for you, if I'm too silly for you, I don't take, make enough jokes for you. I preach too hard for you. I preach too soft for you. It's too hot in here. It's too cold. Listen, I had an old song back in the Southern Gospel days. They said this, excuses, excuses. You hear them every day. And the devil, he'll supply them if church you stay away. When people come to know the Lord, the devil always loses. So to keep them folks away from church, he'll offer them excuses. <clears throat> it's too hot. It's too cold. It's too loud. It's too soft. Hell is all hot. Oh, I'm giving you that one. I'm going to let you hold that. I'm going to let you hold that one. He delivered them from this mindset of fitting in. Well, I just can't go there because there's not enough whatever. It's, it's an excuse. It's an excuse. Because ultimately, you need to be delivered from this desire to fit in. How in the world can we belong to him and still fit into the, to the world system? He promised us that the longer this thing goes, the more exiled we will become. I don't know how you feel, but I've lived long enough now that we're more and more, I understand what it means to be a sojourner. I know what it means more and more to understand to feel like an alien here. I don't fit in this world. I don't fit in. I don't fit in. It makes no sense to me. I'm glad this is not where my citizenship is. God, deliver us from this fitting in thing that we, we all feel like. And listen, I'm not talking about where we find community. I'm not talking about where we don't connect. But this overwhelming desire where we have to fit in so we force our way in versus it being a natural thing. But watch this. The Lord is the one who delivered them. It was not Judah that delivered them. It was the Lord through Judah that delivered them. Let's be very clear. That it ain't the preacher that's going to deliver you. It ain't the altar team member that's going to deliver you. It, good go. It ain't even you that's going to deliver you. The only way you or I get delivered is if the Lord does the delivery. The only way we come out of this is if the Lord brings us out of this. It is the Lord that does the deliverance through the hands of Judah. So Judah goes up, watch this. Judah goes up and instigates the fight. Judah decided they were gonna start something. He's, he's not in defense, he's in offense. Judah throws the first punch. Ju Judah's not sitting there going, well, you know, if you, if you cross this line, I mean, you're going to have problems. Judah looked at the situation and said, you are occupying what belongs to me. So I'm going to start something that is going to require you and I to engage because you will de be displaced because the Lord has already told me deliverance is mine. Yes. Praise does not initiate, does not be, praise doesn't start when the victory's won. Praise initiates the fight. Most of us are constantly getting waylaid by the enemy is because when we have a moment where we get to start a fight, somehow, some way, we have spiritual laryngitis. And all of a sudden, we come in and we can't give out a praise. 
We, we scream about the dumbest things. I won't say dumb. We scream about the most non-eternal things. Let me say it another way. We scream about the most carnal things. But when we truly use our voice, when we truly engage in praise, we will dance over the Bee Gees. We will dance over, oh, I'm about to get in trouble. We, we'll dance over Luther. We'll da dance over whatever song comes on. We'll, we'll rump shake. We'll booty shake. We'll wobble, baby, wobble, baby. Wobble. We'll do all this stuff. But, but when we come into the presence of the Lord, do you hear what I'm saying? When we come into the presence of the Lord, all of a sudden we're conservative. All of a sudden we got nothing on the inside of us. You look like a bunch of idiots sitting out there with a bunch of white people who have no rhythm whatsoever. And y'all get out in the line and do the electric slide for the last 30 years. We'll do all that. But when it comes to the house of the Lord, we won't lift our hands. We won't praise. Listen, our praise is where victory is initiated. It's not just a fight. It's also the victory. That was the first punch. It, it is the tip of the sword. Help me, Holy Ghost. So they come in and they find Adoni Bezek. The Adoni Bezek. It, it means literally, it, watch this, it means the Lord of the scattering. Adoni Bezek, he is the Lord of the scattering. That every time he would come into position, it would make the people that were enemies of his scatter. They would be running, they would be fleeing, they would be, they would be disunified. It would cause things to become disjointed and unaligned. He's the Lord of the scattering. So what he did was when they began to fight, let's run to it. They, they, they would fight. He fled, verse number six. That Adoni Bizik, he realized they were about to lose, so he became the very thing he was the Lord of, which was scattering. But it wasn't enough for him to be displaced. He had to be defeated. It's not enough for your enemy to be displaced. You must make your enemy defeated. It's not enough for him to get out of your house. You got to get him out of your house, put him in chains, and send that joker back to hell where he came from so that he never returns again. So he comes in. Come on, Chris. Let's run to the end here. So he comes in. They go and they pursue Adoni Bezik. And they come in and they grab him and they bring him out. Watch this in verse 6. And they cut off his thumbs. They cut off his thumbs. Now this is gangster. You ready? They cut off his thumbs. Then they cut off his big toes. I mean, they're dismantling this joker. They cut off his thumbs, and they cut off his big toes. I guarantee you he was melancholy. Because I'm going to torture you, and I'm going to take my time doing it. He cuts off the thumbs. Why would you cut off the thumbs? Watch this. Because it's with the thumbs that you're able to take hold of things. He broke the grip of his enemy. Praise said, I'm going to break your grip. You're not going to be able to lay hold ever again. He cut off his thumbs. He said, I'm going to break the hold off of me. 
I'm going to break the hold off of this land. I'm going to break the hold off of this promise. You've been ruling and you've been reigning, and I'm going to break the hold. I'm cutting off your thumbs. You'll never be able to get a grip ever again. You've been taking me to a place where I couldn't hardly have a grip. You've allowed other things to come in and keep me without a grip. But I'm telling you right now, you'll never be able to take hold of my family. You'll never be able to take hold of my marriage. You'll never be able to help take hold of my health. I'm breaking the grip. You'll never be able to hold this thing ever again. He cut off his thumbs. Number two, then he cut off his big toes. It is the foundation of stability. He said, I'm going to remove your ability to take hold, and then I'm going to break your ability to be stable. You tried to bring instability in me, but I'm cutting off the things and making sure that the rest of your life you will walk unstable. You will walk. You have no stability. You'll not be able to stand upright in my life ever again. No, I'm breaking the hold and the grip off of my life, and I'm making sure that my enemy has no ability to remain balanced ever again. I will not be the unstable one in this thing. I will not be the one going out of my mind. I will not be the one that's trying to freak out. No, I'm about to put you in a situation where you don't know what's happening. And he did it all. With the sword. Uh-oh. He did it with the sword, y'all. He did it with the sword. Huh? It's with the sword that he did it. Okay. I'm in Ephesians now. We're not talking about the helmet of just salvation. We're not talking about the breastplate of righteousness. We're not talking about the belt of truth. We're not talking about our feet shod with the preparation of gospel of peace. And we're not even talking about the shield of faith. But we're talking about, which is the, the word of the Lord. What was the word from the very beginning? This promise is yours. So Judah brought the word that he got from the beginning and said, with the word I got from the beginning, I'm going to cut off your hold. With the word I got from the beginning, I'm going to make you unstable. With the word I got from the very beginning, it's enough to pierce the darkness, and I'm taking you out because God is bringing me in. Stand with me all over the room. And he did it by the sword. By the sword he did it. By the word of the Lord he did it. By the word he did it. By the sword he did it. He cut off the grip of the enemy by the sword. He cut off the, the stability of the enemy by the sword. What is it? Somebody asked me one time, they said, what's the most powerful th weapon we have as a believer? They said, is it praise? Is it prayer? Or is it the word of the Lord? I said, listen, if you're praising right, you're using the word of the Lord. If you're praying right, you're using the word of the Lord. I would submit to you that you're not praising if the word isn't a part of it. You're not praying if the word is not a part of it. It is the sword of the Spirit that breaks the hold of the enemy in our life. I got 10 more minutes, but I ain't got time. And I feel the Lord saying in this moment right here, that's all you need. Close your eyes all over this room. I want you to take an inventory of every word that the Lord has spoken over you.
Take an inventory of every word that the Lord has spoken over your family. Take an inventory of every, every word that the Lord has given you. Take an inventory of all of those previous prophecies that came by way of the word of the Lord. It will not return void. It may be a battle. It may be a fight. It may be inconvenience. There may be wounds. There may be losses. And there may be scars. But I hear the Lord saying today, delay is not denial. And I dare you to bring confusion to the camp of the enemy and run with a Judah praise all over this room for what it is. I dare you to give him a Judah. Let Judah go first. Let praise her. Shut up, I'm going to say, hey, let Judah go first. Yep, yep, yep. Who in this room? has still has, has a promise that you've yet to see come to fruition yet. Then I'm telling you right here, let Judah go up first. Let you. Somebody let praise rise in this place today. Hang on just a second. Hey, hang on just a second. Close your eyes all over this room. Close your eyes all over this room. What if your healing is one dance away? What if your deliverance is just the shout out of your belly? What if you're so close to walking in that promise that if the person beside of you pushed you, you'd fall into it? But the linchpin is your ability to praise. Could it be? that you are only one shot away from the grip of the enemy having to be cut off in your life? Could it be that you are one praise away from your breakthrough? Could it be that that healing is literally one obedient praise away? Could this be the moment? Could this be the day could the next praise that comes out of your mouth be the catalyst for victory that you have been waiting for years to walk in? Could it be? I got a suspicion this morning that what the enemy has been hoping is going to happen is you remain quiet. But I also got a suspicion that what the Lord has been waiting on is permission. And I dare somebody in this place 
to magnify the name of the Lord, to give him a praise, in spite of what you see, in spite of what it is you've had. I don't care how many times it's failed, how hopeless it's been. There's a turnaround. There's a, oh! There's a turnaround. Yeah! That cloud is falling away. There's a turnaround. Oh! Depression, you break your hold. It breathes. Anxiety. Somebody give God a praise. Give him the praise. Give him the praise. Give him the praise. Somebody throw the first punch. Somebody throw the first punch and praise. Ah, we've displaced the enemy today. We've displaced the enemy today. We sent confusion to the camp of the enemy. Father, it's our desire today. I pray, Holy Spirit, over the next seven days that praise will become our access point. And I, oh God, have mercy. I heard the Lord say, some of you, there's a praise break in your house that will bring deliverance to your house. There's a dance on the inside of your home that will birth a deliverance on the inside of your home. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for your word. We love you for it. We praise you for it. In Jesus' name. Somebody lift up your hands this morning. Father, increase them a thousand times more. Let the increase of praise make manifestation a thousand times more. And then let the release of promise be revealed in their life. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we ask these things in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Somebody give him one last praise all over this room.